There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. International Women's Day. I want to begin today by talking about the admiration I have for all women, especially those who are homemakers, who stay at home to rear their children and, you know, do all that goes along with that. It's a huge task and responsibility to those who go out to work and juggle the balls to make that happen as well, to the carers who do so much for little recognition. For women today, I think of who are on low income, who have tough jobs, who provide such a valuable service, those who are exploited and living in fear, who hope that someday life will be better. And I saw Paul Murphy posting a lovely post this morning to remember the women of yesteryear who worked in the factories in all our towns so hard, long hours and for little pay, who made this country what it is. I want to recognise and remember all of those women. And if I'm leaving anybody out... Happy International Women's Day to every woman. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, my first guest today, as is my want, it wasn't during the pandemic, but before and we're back to it now. I recognise one woman in particular each year and I invite them into studio to have a chat with them. And that woman this year is Natalie Kelly, founder of Drogheda Dolls, and she's with me in studio. Hello. You didn't tell me that bit. <laughs> Hi, Jerry. How are you? <laughs> I was afraid you might take flight and say, and I know and you. Come. I know you. You would. You say to me, no, 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 no. That's not me. That's not me. But you see, it is you because you have done so much for so many, for you know, for the for the good of others. You have thrown yourself into this, and I congratulate you for all you've done for everybody and say thank you today. Oh, thank you. I would have definitely have not come had I known you were going to say all that. Um, no, but like I'm just one person and there's um, 24,000 of the dolls and every single one of them matters and every single one of them is incredible. Um, and if it wasn't for us as a group joining together and trying to make this area and this town and beyond better, um, then, you know, we wouldn't exist and lots of different lives wouldn't have been touched. And that's that's what we do. And I think it's just um, it's powerful. Like women coming together is really powerful because I think media and in general, women are pitted against each other. But um, everyone knows a woman can multitask and do amazing things. So when you've got a lot of women together multitasking, the, the miracles happen then, <laughs> if you want to call it like. 24,000. Almost, yeah. How did this begin? Uh, you know the story. Um, years and years ago, well, like four and a half years ago, I um, I had set up the group because I just found Facebook to be so negative. And um, like that, people were like keyboard warriors and they'd say anything to anyone uh, once it was over, you know, on the Internet. 
And um, I just felt like the town was getting very, I don't know, like we didn't know each other, like you'd have a neighbour and you didn't really know them. And the essence of when our grandmothers grew up and lending the bag of sugar to each other and making sure that, you know, oh, I heard a great story of somebody was lending uh, stuff to this woman the whole time years ago and uh, they were fairly well off the family that she was getting the things off and one of the days the child was sent down to her house to ask for salt and when they came back they said but ma'am we've loads of salt she said yeah but I don't want her to feel like she's always I'm always she's always asking me I have to make her feel like you know she's wanted too and it was kind of that kind of grew from there of having that feeling of wanting to help others getting to know each other in the community but the only way we're going to do that was online because we are an online world now and um, there was less and less kind of community coming together in the real world if you want to call it um, whereas our grandmothers they had like you know the the fairs out in the green and the yellow batter and different things like that all happened I don't know if they still do but um, and that was kind of their thing or the parades the processions and they'd all meet up they'd have prayer meetings and different things in each other's houses and it was just a lot more back then there was no TVs and I suppose it was trying to bring that feeling of having a neighbour and having a friend and having a community but online And my have you succeed when you think of those numbers how much do you reckon you've raised for good causes since you began? I think we're close to a quarter of a million Hmm. That's some amount of money Like obviously it was for other people so everything is for other causes Yes Um, And I think uh, one of the, like the Christmas one there, we joined uh, ranks with the Knicks, the GAA club down the road here, and we raised um, uh, 64,000 for four four local, you know, causes. And so that was just this year alone. And the year before that, we did the exact same. And so that's just in two instances. Mm. But throughout the year, say if somebody, um, you know, was going for cancer treatment and they needed help towards that, we would all give two euro. And the idea is that everybody gives a little. So I wouldn't miss two euro and either would you, Jerry. But um, somebody, it would, that two euro would mean so much to someone. And when you combine 24,000 two euros, you've enough to help that person. And that's the whole essence of it. And it was never to make anyone feel like, you know, any anyone feel any less or any above anyone else or anything like that. It was always us all working together to make us all feel empowered by each other. And that's the essence of it. It's a wonderful, wonderful ethos. How do you decide? Because there are so many demands and people, you know, you can't help everybody. Mm-hmm. How do you I mean that's the constant battle because I help one and then I have five more saying why didn't you help me? Yeah. Um we have a little committee going now so we try our best to make our decisions on people and and cases that come to us. Uh, we have our charity status in uh, application in and that's a long process unfortunately but we're still our not for profit so we can still raise money for other people. Mm. Um but it is kind of hindering me opening the boutique and the food store at the minute because I have to wait until I have that to be able to yes. to give those out to people. But in the meantime, we're helping plenty of causes. Um, recently, there was a girl there who, um, you know, was diagnosed with cancer and she wants to go to America for treatment. And we've raised two grand in the space of a week for her. And when you look at the transactions, they're all two euro. Hmm. So it does work, you know. Yes. Um, so if everybody gets a little then that's the way we do it. Unfortunately, I can't help anyone. But the story of the starfish, it matters to that one. So I told you the story the last time I was on air about the um, the man who uh, walked along the beach and seen a young boy. Uh, the whole beach was covered in starfishes that were dying. 
and he seen a young boy picking up the starfishes and throwing them into the sea. And he said, you're wasting your time, boy, <laughs> trying to get all these starfishes into the sea. And he picked up one and he threw it in. And he said, well, I'm not wasting my time with that one. It saved that one. And that's the idea. So we may not be able to help everybody. And there's plenty of really, really, really good causes in the town, like So Sad and loads of different, um, you know, charities that can help people as well that we would direct people to. Mabs is only across the road from the Dolls House. We direct people over there, Um, you know, and there's plenty of services in the town. One of my ideas um, that we're going to hopefully work through is to get all these charities to come together and to meet in the doll's house and just share information and try and help, you know, as many people as we can and, and know a bit about the charity. So I didn't realise that So Sad do so much counselling, but they also do, um, they also help people in other ways as well, like that you wouldn't think with, like actually sit down counselling and it's not just, you know, for the child line, I mean, sorry, um, they actually do counselling for children and mm. I didn't realise that. I thought it was just, you know, you rang up and yes. you told your tales or whatever it was about what was going on in your life. I never really realised that they actually do counselling. So information like that is vital for someone in, say, a role that we're kind of doing because we can say, well, we know this girl down there, why don't you head down there? Mm. Um, I think there's a huge crisis of mental health, especially in our children. And in the town, you can see it more and more. So I think if all the charities um, and causes got together and kind of shared information, that would really help our town and, 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 and do the same thing as we're doing with the dolls, bringing the community of charities and causes together. Mm, it's, uh, it's a wonderful way to go and it just shows you're thinking outside the box all the time. Look, we've spoken before, you know, when you deny somebody or you've got awful abuse, you know what I mean? Vile comments from nasty people and... How do you cope with that? I'll ask you that again. You know, I'm I'm going to put it straight to you. Do you ever feel at times like when you see things like that to say, I've had enough of this? Sometimes. (laughs) Um, I mean, for no real reason, I'll get a message out of the blue and it won't be a very pleasant message. And a lot of the time I don't um, I don't reply because I don't feel like I have to um, take that. So they get no reply is a reply. Um, other times, maybe somebody has a grievance with maybe a post going up on the page mm. um, and I will either remove it if I feel their point is valid or if it's not really, I'll try to negotiate with them and say, well, look, you know, this is why this is here or whatever. Um, I think one of the things is Michelle Hall at the minute is getting awful abuse and I'm not a political person in any shape or form, yeah. but I can't condone bullying and I can't condone somebody being abused like that, at least of all the mayor of our town. And she has done a lot of things for the people in the town. But people don't see that um, and they just go off on a tangent. Now, um, I mean, a few posts went up about it and I will always stick up for the girls on the page, the dolls, no matter who they are, where they come from, what job they're doing. So um, when I was kind of getting abuse about that, I said the posts were about her being bullied. They weren't being about the issue. Mm. So, um, you know, I I will stick up for what's right and bullying is wrong. So I'm not going to stick up for a bully. And that's just who I am. And I don't think anybody can. So, um, yeah, it is difficult. It's very difficult. Um, sometimes you feel like you're dealing with, uh, I don't know, school kids sometimes with the way people go on. Um, but I just bring it, try and bring it back to um, respect and kindness for each other. Mm. And I think if everybody before they typed something just thought, is this helpful? Will it improve the poster? And do I know what's going on in that poster's life? because nobody knows you're sitting across from me here, Jerry. You don't know what way my morning was, nothing. You don't know anything. So we all have to treat each other with that kind of love and respect and kindness. 
especially online, because those words can cut deep when you read them over and over again. That is so true. No one knows what's going on in anybody's life. No. Ever, ever. You know what I mean? And it's it's something we need to all take on board, step back and ha- think for think for a moment. Um, you yourself, when I met you first, you told me about, you know, your health and as a young person, what you had to come through with your back and everything. I know you live with osteoarthritis now and mm. um, you worked for over 20 years. You've two children, a husband, a house to keep and everything. Where do you get the, you know, the energy and, and the go to keep at this? Well, not always have it, but um, most days I try my best. Um, I do live in pain every day. Mm. I'm having surgery now in a few weeks and um, that's constant. Every couple of months I have different pain reliefs. So that's the way it goes. But um, I think the best thing you can do is try your best to just take um, each day and just try and live that day, you know, um, with as much as much as you can do in that day and try not to concentrate on too much of the bad. I think I take the pain sometimes and with the pain comes like, you know, the compassion for others and like maybe somebody else is, is like I've, I'd always feel really sad for someone that's going through pain and I'd go out my way to, even if it's just giving them, I don't know, a pamper package or something just to try and make them feel like they it's a little bit easier or they can smile for that few minutes. Like, I think that's important. Your touch is amazing. I, I, I said this, I think, here before when I was doing the walk for poor Slav, who passed away mm-hmm. the 40 days and nights. And one day this woman, my doorbell rang. I was working at home in the morning. I walked out. I nearly, Natalie, I said, what's wrong? And she had a little gift pack for me to say, we see what you're doing. Here's a little something for you. And, you know, that meant so Mars much to me. <laughs> and, and Lucas said. <laughs> but I needed them. I needed the energy. But yeah, we're spot on. But, you know, I shed a tear because I just thought, my God almighty, you know what I mean? What a lovely little gesture that is. Those things mean so much. You know that. I don't yeah. have to tell you that. I hold my 50 boxes done for kindness um, for Women's, um, you know, International Day. And mm. I've asked the dolls to nominate each other. But the reason why I do that, it's it's not necessarily about the box that these people are going to receive. It's the kind comments you'll see under that post and each woman lifting each other up. And that's what it's about. So at the minute, I think there's 736 comments on it. That's 736 smiles today. And that's the way we kind of have to look at it, or lifting up and up someone up or someone writing a nice comment about somebody and saying, wow, she thinks that about me. And maybe not necessarily always getting the opportunity to say it. But there's a little opportunity to nominate someone and know that they're special to you. And it might just make their day that little bit better. So that's what it's about. Most times people will take the gift and it's not necessarily the gift, but it's the gift of giving and and receiving something without actually asking for it and without really realising like, um, you know, how much you mean to that person till that moment. Like or with you in the case of the Mars Bars and Luke said, that was just to let you know, like, keep going, you're doing incredible mm. and um, and to make you feel like, you know, you matter as well. Oh, my it did it make me feel like it mattered. I mentioned all those women you heard me there at the top of the show. I tried to cover as many aspects of women's lives. It's tough. Life is tough at the minute, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's tough for everybody. Men, women, children, families, the whole lot. But it is It's not easy. I think like as a woman, um, you juggle a lot of roles. So mm. um, you have to try and be, you know, feminine and yet strong. You have to be, um, 
you know, this person that's the mother, but yet you have to be, uh, you know, strict with your children. You have to go to work and if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're frowned upon. So there's so much things that women are expected to do and also so much things that is expected of a woman. Um, and I think we, it's life is hard enough, like, without those pressures and then on top of that, without the pressure of competing with each other. So when you have a buddy or a friend or a group of women that are just lifting you up, that's, like, important. If you go down there to the doll's house, Maeve and um, Anne and all the girls down there, they do the coffee mornings twice a week and um, and you're tipping in out of there and the laughter out of the room and lifting each other up and it's just amazing, the home baking and it's just trying to lift each other up in the community and that's so important because life is tough enough. There's probably five people I could name on one hand right now that are going through serious cancer, serious health issues and those women, the bravery of them on the group, the things they share with each other and with us, the advice they give each other. I mean, you just can't, you just can't, that's invaluable. Mm. Um, And they're going through the worst times in their life. And they're in our town, you know, and they're just, you could be sitting beside them on the bus and the coffee shop, whatever. So I suppose the message really is like everyone that comes in your path to try your very best with, to have the compassion and the kindness. And, you know, nothing bad ever comes from being good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It'll only bring more uh, and it'll make you feel good too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And you know the house congratulations on the house opened last uh, autumn time it's going well for you mm-hmm. that's still in, uh, developing you've applied for the charity status you're not for profit at the moment w- will that house be sufficient where you are do you think long term no so long term we are looking at another kind of building um, Paul Lappin is brilliant he's our landlord and mm. he has another unit possibly coming up for rent so if I can secure that I will it's on a ground level yes. and there's more uh, scope for more things to happen there um, and space is a huge thing for us. Ultimately, I'd like to open um, the boutique and the food store and have them open constantly mm. so people can, you know, go down and, and if yes. they need help, they can just walk in. Mm. At the minute, we struggle with that because obviously we're not at charity status yet. But yeah. when we do get that, that'll be the long term goal. Watch this space. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, a, you're a dynamo. I was just writing down words about you that come to mind. Please don't embarrass me. No, 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 no. You're, you're such a respectful person. You're a dynamo. Your kindness, compassion, love. You're a gentle soul. You're thoughtful, giving, sharing. You're always smiling. And you know what? You're a real good woman. Thank you. I'm pink now as well. Uh, you are. You are. And that's why I want to acknowledge you, Natalie Kelly, on this very special day, International Women's Day. I hope you like flowers because I have a little, oh. you see down there? They're oh, there and there you. and we'll do a little presentation when we just thank finish up this much. interview because I wanted to give something little to you today just to acknowledge thank uh, you very all much. you've done for everybody and you have done so much. It's incredible. You're 26,000. Uh, is it 24 24 it'll be 26 shortly but nothing would exist without them all I know and they all count I know that 24,000 it's growing all the time quarter of a million raised and all else you've done you are simply marvellous thank you for joining me today have a lovely day I'll see you again Natalie Kelly Drogheda Dolls
Congratulations on all you've done and here's to the future. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry. Natalie Kelly is one of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, Jerry. I do know that. Uh, thank you indeed for all the comments coming to me. We had the pleasure of working with Natalie and the dolls through St. Nicholas. I will say that she is the most positive and inspiration person I've ever met. That comes in from Thomas Finnegan. Now, International Women's Day and Culture are celebrating in Navin. They're in Navin O'Mahony's today. They've been with Sinead or our Helena Mullins has been with Sinead through the morning and we're going back for the final time to join Helena now. Yes, Sherry, happy International Women's Day to you too. And of course, it is not just for women. It's embrace equity and men are here too and really enjoying all the what's to offer here at Navin O'Mahony's GAA Club. But I'm going to have a chat now with... Patricia Softich. Did I pronounce that correctly? Softich. Softich. Yeah. Formerly a Croatian journalist. And of course, you've been talking here about gender equality, barriers to progression for women, and of course, the gender gender pay gap. But I want to start off with a tough question, possibly, with the Gender Pay Gap Information Act, which was introduced in 2021. Are you seeing changes now in Ireland, positive changes at that, with the companies and the like, because of that act? Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can, in fact, be very happy with the uh, progression that uh, Ireland has achieved up to now. I even heard that uh, from 2021, um, over here in Ireland, all companies that have uh, 20, uh, 250 uh, workers or more are obligated to um, publicly um, um, uh, publish their um, uh, wages. So you can see, in fact, that there is no gender gap. But, of course, there is still a lot of work to do for other companies, smaller, for example. Uh, I'm very, very sad, uh, as I mentioned before, that mostly highly educated women um, get uh, paid less than their uh, male colleagues. So those are very um, uh, professions with high diplomas and uh, very um, wanted jobs for new generations. And there is still big gap of around 28% in between female and male. Uh, but it's getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. We're we, going in the right direction. Yeah, we're moving in the right direction. And uh, in fact, uh, in European Union, by the latest uh, statistics, uh, Irish is uh, Ireland is on 10th uh, place. So that's a very good position. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. And I suppose what a, like as well, you, you have worked with an awful lot of non-nationals here and migrants, you see it all the time, and maybe you know the in, maybe the the not embracing equity. So today we are going to try and do that and, and get that message across. But I suppose what challenges do migrant women face, or is what is it like for maybe a migrant woman living in Ireland today? Is it a positive place to be? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, we all agreed, I've talked to a lot of migrants, and we all agreed that the atmosphere over here uh, in general society is much more positive. Um, there is much less discrimination that we are used to, maybe in our countries. Uh, the main uh, problem that maybe it should be solved is recognition of uh, foreign diplomas, because yes. uh, Ireland has uh, a lot of potential that can be used. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody should think about I that. I definitely noticed that with the, yeah. the influx of the Ukrainian um, refugees and their qualifications aren't recognised. So like we have beautiful 
paramedics, like caring people coming into the country, for example, and other professions. Obviously, the language barrier is an issue, but like yeah. the qualifications, like we should be able to recognise those and maybe get translators in to, to help make it an, an, to embrace equity, to put it fi- finally, as Yemi alluded to earlier. We need to give the right ingredients and support to women out there, do you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We definitely need more courses of uh, basic English, business English. Uh, those courses need to be affordable for them. Uh, and we really need to find all together as a society to find a way to integrate them because we can only profit, especially exactly. Ireland. Exactly. Yeah. With it, everybody benefits from this. It's Definitely. inclusion, integration, and we learn from each other as well. Like I'm learning every day. Every time I come to work, I meet new people and exciting people. And you're passionate about what you do, and it's so lovely to see that here today. So listen, happy International Women's Day to Thank you, you, Patricia. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today, and enjoy enjoy the rest of the atmosphere here. Happy International Women's Day to all of our listeners. Bye bye. Yes, thanks, Celine, and well done to everybody in Navin O'Mahony's and Culture who put on a fantastic event there to celebrate International Women's Day. Thank you for all the lovely messages about Natalie Kelly. I ain't one bit surprised there. You know, everybody's just saying how wonderful she is. Natalie says, Eileen, you're a saint. You're today's Mother Teresa. Happy International Women's Day to you and all of the dolls who are fantastic people. Wonderful, amazing from Anne and Eileen and Maureen. And Sarah, they're all coming to us. Lovely words for Natalie Kelly. And I ain't one bit surprised. She's such a dynamo, a fantastic, fantastic woman. She's a modern day heroine on late lunch after two. Stay with us. I promise you're going to enjoy uh, what's going to happen then. Kate Kennedy uh, from History. Yes, another heroine. Li- lived for uh, outside Dulik and went to the States. We have our story after two. Late Lunch LMFM Radio on International Women's Day and I'm sure you're going to wonder when I introduce my next guest what are two men doing on the show on this day? I should be the only one here but there is a very, very special reason because they're going to talk about a simply wonderful lady and they've just hightailed it in from Dulik where a very special ceremony has happened earlier today. I am delighted to welcome to the show this afternoon Pat Kennedy and a man you know well on LMFM our very own Ken Murray you're both welcome to the show thank you for joining me well Ken we're going to talk about a lady called Kate Kennedy who who was Kate Kennedy she was born in 1827 she would have been born just at the tail end of the penal laws in Ireland when it was against the law to be a Catholic it was against the law to own land it was against the law to own property you couldn't get an education you were relying on the so-called hedge schools which the Christian brothers and the like operated so she grew she grew up at a time just as the penal laws were coming to an end but the legacy of the penal laws were absolutely horrific you had generation after generation of Irish person with practically no education couldn't read or write and only a few in every particular area around the country got an education so in 1829 Daniel O'Connell managed to get Catholic emancipation he managed to convince the British that this was inhumane and that it was time to abolish the penal laws she was born in 1827 and in 1849 Ireland was a pretty miserable place because in the 1840s you had the famine hundreds of thousands were leaving you know hundreds of thousands were dying the scenes were horrific but the Kennedy family decided to up sticks and leave and go to New York initially. Kate Kennedy's sister made it to San Francisco because there was talk there of a gold rush. And a lot of people were going west because they thought this is where we can make our fortune. And Kate Kennedy 
1856 went to San Francisco and having had a bit of an education, she was, you know, educationally more advanced even than, you know, most Irish people, but was able to fit in into San Francisco life. And she got a job in 1867 as the principal of the North Cosmopolitan School in San Francisco. However, she discovered that men were being paid more than women and being a bit of a rebel, she kicked up hell. And she said, we're not having this. I'm going to challenge this. So she lobbied the Californian state legislature, which has its office or its its parliament just out the road from San Francisco in a place called Sacramento. And she lobbied and she lobbied and she became the proverbial pain in the neck. And the Californian state legislature took the view that... Um, we better do something about this because we're going to look bad in the eyes of the public. And they passed a law, and in doing so, she achieved equal pay for equal work. And then that became a precedent for all teacher pay across the entire United States in the decades to follow. What a fantastic achievement in its own right for a young woman from the lake with no education yeah. who emigrated to the States with nothing, with no relatives over there. Yeah. And mind you, I want to say her mother was a widow. She had seven children and three of the children went to the States on their own. That's right. And that was a very frightening scenario. You were going to a new world. You didn't know where you were going and you had nobody at the other end to sort of meet you at the boat and hold your hand. And not only that, but don't forget in those days, no telephones, uh, no WhatsApps, no text messages. If you were able to write and you wrote a letter home, it would take two or three months to actually get home. And if you replied, it would take another three months for the letter to go to the other end. So when somebody left home, there was the likelihood that you might never, ever see them again. Plus then, the ships at the time were known as the coffin ships. There was no penicillin, there was no vaccines. You could get scarlet fever, you could get typhoid, you could get cholera. You know, there are endless stories of people who died on these ships going to America. But Kate Kennedy managed to get to the other side. And then, to get to San Francisco, they left New York and went down the East Coast, down South America, around at the bottom and up the other end. It took them four months to get to San Francisco. Oh, my word. But then you can hop on a plane today and go anywhere. The other thing about this lady, though, it's not her only unique distinction because she became the first female to run for public office in the state of California. That's correct, Jerry. And wh- when the word got out that this Irish woman had sort of rocked the system and, you know, you you had a lot of very conservative men who took the view, oh, we, we can't have a woman earning the same as a man. I mean, this is this is not on. But she did, and she became a bit of a celebrity in San Francisco. According to the San Francisco Chronicle of September the 28th, 1886, she was nominated by the Labour Party convention to run for public office for the position of State Superintendent of Instruction. In America school boards, even the chief of police in various towns, you have to go for election. But she ran for election to get on the state superintendent uh, board of instruction at a time when women didn't have a vote. But she was rattling the cage and she was saying, no one's going to stop me. Whatever a man does, I'm going to challenge and I'm going to take them on. And whatever positions of authority they hold, I want those positions as well. So she became the first woman in the entire state of 
California to run for public office. Now, she didn't get elected, but the guy who held the job that she was chasing, he lost his seat because of the amount of votes that went to her. So she rocked the system again. Just on the bust, who designed the wonderful bust? Uh, we asked Betty Newman Maguire. Betty Newman is uh, Betty Newman Maguire is from Carnaross outside Kells. I became conscious of uh, Betty Newman Maguire in 2012. Maureen O'Hara got the freedom of Kells. Uh, Betty Newman Maguire did the bust, which to this day stands at Bechtel Square in Kells. And um, I, I looked her up on the internet, and she's got a very impressive operation in Carnaross. So we took on Betty, and Betty is the one who's designed the bust, and it's a very impressive uh, piece of work. And what a morning it was to be had in the league today. Congratulations to all concerned and marked by the US ambassador and many other dignitaries as well. Let me bring a man into the conversation who's been sitting quietly by there listening to everything Ken is saying. I'm delighted to say hello to a blood relative of Kate Kennedy, first cousin twice removed. Pat, what did today mean to you and your family in the league? Jerry, how are you doing? Yeah, we're very proud and Delighted that she's been um, honoured this way after so long and nobody in Ireland really knew her until Ken got on his bandwagon here and started making noise. So uh, it, it's a great day and we're, we're all very delighted um, to, to, to see the likeness of her in, in Dalik again. Take me back from your family's perspective. Like Your family have always known about this woman, but take us right back and... Tell us how the connection was made and the contact with America from the lake across. Well, first of all, my granddad emigrated to California as well in the 1860s and he went to where Kate used to teach. So he farmed there for a good number of years. But like all Irishmen, wanted to come back to Ireland to the farm and he came back in the 1880s. And then in the 1940s, a niece of Kate Kennedy called Alice Claire Lynch who had produced a book called The Kennedy Clan, and that was five years earlier. She got in touch with my father, which was the first time that the connection was made over after 20 years or whatever. So she corresponded with my dad for the next 10 years. And that's, I grew up knowing about Kate through the book and through Alice Clare Lynch, and my sister is even named after Alice Clare. So um, we have that very close connection. She was very young when she emigrated, and I say again, she went on her own with two of her siblings. Her mother was a widow with seven children. That's correct. Her dad died very young, suddenly, at the age of 40. And the eldest child was only 14, down to a two-year-old child. So it was it was a very sad occasion at that time for the Kennedys in the 1840s, having lost a father and a little baby as well the same week. Her mother, Eliza King who was from Moortown, outside Navan. She was a, a very strong woman. When she went to California, she lived in San Francisco, and one of her daughters lived on a ranch down near San Luis Obispo, which is a couple of hundred miles away from San Francisco. Transport at those days was in a stagecoach, of course. But every time that her daughter had a baby, her mum would travel all the way to... San Luis Obispo from San Francisco and sometimes it would take weeks because of the floods and whatever. She was an elderly lady at this stage in her life and still looking after grandchildren and travelling. So they were all very strong-willed women. 
they they just didn't put up with anything. That's <laughs> that's why yeah. we're acknowledging mm. Kate Kennedy yeah. and the Kennedys on this day, International Women's Day. So ultimately, her own mother went out there. Would most of the family have that's gone? Right. Ultimately. The whole family went Everyone, out to San Francisco eventually. then, yeah. The three went yeah, first and the, then everybody. The three and then, the, yes. Uh, it was a great move for them in the mm. end, really. Mm. And they did very well. They did far better than if they'd stayed in Ireland. They ah, were yes. married local farmers and uh, the story was totally different. We wouldn't be talking about Kate Kennedy today, I don't think, if she hadn't emigrated. Did she ever come back to Ireland? She sure did. Um, about 20 years after she... Um, Arrived in San Francisco, she took leave from her job. 1878, over 20 years after she began work in San Francisco School Department, she applied for a year's leave and she travelled to the British Isles, Spain, Austria, Germany, Switzerland. She could speak German, Italian, French and Spanish and she was able to talk to people who were in charge and gather information of what the new trends were all about and stuff. Her chief ob- objective was to investigate educational and economic systems in these countries and she talked with those interested in the higher education of women and visited many of the leading universities. Uh, during this time she wrote many letters which were published um, back in San Francisco. Should add, by the way, Jerry, as well, and once again, I only came across this whole story by pure accident, but it seems Kate Kennedy was quite a name in terms of female achievement in the USA. For example, she's mentioned uh, in a book called Notable American Women from 1607 to 1951, which was published, that book was published in 1971. She's mentioned in a significant way, in a book called They Were San Franciscans, which was published in 1941, The History of San Francisco Bay, Volume 3, which was published in 1924, and then there was another book called European Immigrant Women in the United States, a Biographical Dictionary by Judy Barrett, and that was published in 1994. Not only that, but in 2018, Kate Kennedy was honoured by a man called Peter Yeo. Peter Yeo was the Senior Vice President of Public Policy and Advocacy at the United Nations in New York. And they singled her out as a pioneer, a leader, somebody who inspired a lot of other women. And in 2003, David Geeson, uh, who runs a website called foundsf.org, which is San Francisco, he wrote that if there was ever an example of US citizenship, it's Kate Kennedy, in so much as here was a woman who emigrated to America in search of a better life, but by her actions, she made other people's lives better. Kate Kennedy also got a mention in the Taoiseach St. Patrick's Day speech last year. Now, the Taoiseach Michael Martin wasn't able to meet Joe Biden because of COVID, but he had a script and a speech um, written out, and they referred to the Irish, the waves of Irish who came to America, and the only name he mentioned was Kate Kennedy from Dalik. Isn't this just all terrific? It's just unbelievable that it's all welling out on this very special day for women. Pat, as regards her personal life, was she ever married? You know, what was the story there? No, Kate was a complete career woman as far as teaching goes. She had no time for men and she just wanted to (laughs) educate people and help the poor. She was very good at um, helping out people that wasn't as well off as herself. What age did she live to? She only lived to be 63. Uh, the case that she took against the government took a toll on her health, whereas her sisters all lived into their late 80s and brother, she died at 63. So it was very sad in a way that mm. uh, she, 
she, it was just shortly after she won her case, so she didn't have time to enjoy the fruits of her. No, she was a young woman when mm. she passed away. Today, the the Kennedys in the league, the Kennedys in the States, I take it there's connection, there's family over there today. There is. The, the name is, is getting sparse. <laughs> but uh, I do have uh, three sons and eight grandchildren, so I'm spreading the Kennedy name myself, <laughs> doing my best anyhow. And they are on the other side, yes. There are relatives in America? There's hundreds of relatives, but there's only a few Kennedys actually left yes. with the name. But yeah. uh, mm. there's a lot of... There's some here today visiting us from uh, Texas and from California. Yeah, there's a number of Kennedys have made the trip to Duleek from Texas and California just for this event today. So it's a, it's a big deal for the Kennedy family, you know. That little laneway, Pat. That little laneway. Yes, they should have had it named years Wanna ago. Want to tell you a story, Jerry? Another coincidence. In 1945, a woman was nominated for an Oscar, Best Supporting Actress. Her name was Anne Blythe. Anne Blythe's mother, Nan Lynch, was from Gaskinstown. What's the chances of that happening? <laughs> Next door neighbour to and the Kennedys. And coincidence, this is Oscar week. <laughs> this is neat. What are we saying there? Go on, Pat. I'm saying she would have been a neighbour of the Kennedys. Mm. So if she'd been around at the time, you know, so their, their ancestors, her ancestors would have been neighbours of the Kennedys. So it is, uh, for a small little laneway, it sure has produced... It certainly um, has. It certainly oh, has. Anyway, congratulations to you, Ken, on bringing this to the fore for today, especially yeah. International Women's Day. And Pat, to your family. Thank you, Jerry, for well having done. us Not at all. Yeah, Delighted it's to great chat to you today across. and to both of you. Of course it is. And just for anybody listening today, the bust of Kate Kennedy will now forevermore be in... At Delete Girls National School, and it's in honour of Kate, but it's also, um, I suppose, uh, in memory of teachers and the contribution they make to society. All over the world, America, yes. Ireland, and all over the world. International Women's Day, we remember a wonderful woman, Kate Kennedy. And I want to say again, thank you to Ken Murray and Pat Kennedy for joining me on Late Lunch this afternoon. It's been enthralling, I have to say. Thank you both. My next guest is a nutritional therapist. She has wonderful experience. She's also a lecturer with the Irish Institute of Nutrition and Health. And she joins me on International Women's Day to talk in particular about women and nutrition. And of course, nutrition is so important to good health. Delighted to say hello to Kira Boger. Hello, Kira. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? Thanks I'm, for having me on. I'm good and happy International Women's Day to you too oh, this afternoon. <laughs> Not at all. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, look, I was just saying to Louise there, and that's something I've noticed in my life as well. Lots of women are great at looking after everybody else. You know what I'm talking about for food-wise and all that type of thing and keeping everybody going, sometimes at the expense of themselves. Is that fair or an unfair comment? I'd absolutely say fair and I'd see it often with my own clients. So what I'll do is give you a little bit of background about what I do yeah. um, and that, and then how I would help women to focus on certain areas that, that would certainly be lacking. Um, so personally, as you said, I'm a nutritional therapist. So where my expertise is nutrition, my focus with each client is lifestyle medicine. Mm. So, you know, I've got a friend who's a GP and she would love the opportunity to talk to all her patients about nutrition and lifestyle habits, but just doesn't have the time. So those would be the areas that I would look at when I first speak with my clients. So I'll be assessing diet, sleep patterns, stress levels, 
movement or lack of and um, mm. and then working with with um, my clients to identify what their goals are and then helping to achieve those goals to feel well and to feel better so certainly exactly what you're saying we'd see with a lot of female clients that with with all of those aspects you know that there would be something lacking in there whether it's diet or whether certainly with small children that sleep um, um, patterns are a little bit dysregulated or stress levels I don't think there's many people now that can say that they don't have any stress <laughs> yes. so yeah so all of those aspects that I'd certainly look And what brought you to our attention, and I might as well mention is an interesting thing. You work closely with a phlebotomist and uh, you place great emphasis on, you know, examining uh, blood tests and how that can then help with various issues. Yes, definitely. Um, So there'd be a couple of situations where I would recommend it to clients. So with some clients, it wouldn't be the first thing that I would jump in and recommend. Um, But a lot of clients... um, you know, who are not feeling at their best. So they've maybe been to the GP already who has ruled out that there's anything serious, uh, but perhaps they've low energy levels and, and just don't feel themselves. Um, so I would work initially with diet and lifestyle adjustments, but if clients don't feel that maybe they're not quite still getting the results that they'd like, then we'd look, you know, in a bit more um, depth, maybe doing some blood testing or other types of testing. And just to see if there are under, un, any other underlying reasons why they're not feeling their best. Mm. Because that could be different for everybody. They can, a couple of the same people, or, you know, different people can feel they've low energy levels, but it could be for different reasons for, for them. So for one person, it could be low iron levels or slightly underactive thyroids um, or, you know, particularly this time of year, Jerry, vitamin D levels are mm. being so regularly are low in people if they're not taking it as a supplement. And that can lead to feeling quite tired or fatigued or low moods. Um, so that'd be one reason. Another reason that I would do blood testing is that I have regular clients that they actually just like to get their bloods done as preventative measure, particularly if they're getting a bit older or if they have a condition that they're managing, like an autoimmune condition. Um, I suppose it's like nearly getting your car serviced before you hear any funny sounds in it. <laughs> and so yeah. it's kind of keeping on top of those numbers and keeping an eye on them to ensure that they're within optimal range. Yes, prevention is better than yeah. cure, as they say. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's yeah. talk about women for a few moments today on this this day recognizing all women do women need different types of nutrition than men different type of foods or is is that a crazy assertion um, it's not crazy and i think it and, and again it's coming to looking at, at everybody on an individual level and seeing what they need um what their symptoms are what their priorities are and um, but certainly with women and exactly you're saying that they're just maybe not as conscious um, of what they're having because they're just busy looking after everybody else. Um, and one of the main things is actually um, that can be missing, and I see quite often missing, is just very simply foods that are rich in protein. Um, and foods, what I'm talking about, protein foods, would be the likes of m- meat and fish and dairy and eggs um, are really rich sources of protein. 
And because protein foods are really the building blocks for uh, our hormones and for avoiding energy dips throughout the day and also for producing those feel-good chemicals in our brain. And I think males and females alike can agree that females have a lot more complicated hormones <laughs> going on. So, and so proteins can be really good for helping to balance hormones and, and energy levels. And where I tend to see it missing would be the likes mostly around breakfast and snack time, you know. So very simply adding in kind of nuts or seeds to morning porridge or cereals. Um, starting the day with eggs or some Greek yogurt with berries and seeds are a great way just to start the day off with, with some protein. Um, and also at snack time, we tend to see it missing. So instead of, say, having a biscuit, having some crackers with cheese or with crackers with peanut butter or a handful of nuts, because you're adding in some healthy proteins in there to nearly balance out um, hormones rather than maybe dysregulating them. Um but otherwise, there is particular foods as well. So some um, foods, if we think about phytoestrogens, it sounds a bit complicated now, but it's, it's quite simple. So these are kind of natural foods that are really, really great for balancing out estrogen levels in the body. Um, so this is great for, for young women who maybe have hormonal cycle problems, you know, kind of feel PMS or cramping at times of the month. Um, or also for women around perimenopause and menopause when they're seeing that drop in estrogen. And phytoestrogens are in, you know, very common foods, but oftentimes forgotten. So even very rich in the likes of soybeans. So to get whole food sources of soybeans, you can actually buy tins of soybeans and throw them into salads and soups and stews, but also the likes of tofu or tempeh. Um, ground flax seeds are wonderful and ground flax seeds then put onto the morning porridge is great because they're also a source of protein as well and just foods that are um, like legumes like beans and lentils and, and hummus which has chickpeas are really fantastic sources of these phytoestrogens as well and also sources of protein so we're kind of getting a, a, double, a double bonus from them there. Mm, I love um, I love hummus yeah. myself. I have to say with yeah. a, uh, with <laughs> yeah. celery or peppers or carrot, anything to dip into it. Yeah, it's it's it, it's really, and I feel I feel good after it as well. I think I'm I'm doing good for myself. You you mentioned vitamin D there, and it is a vitamin that's talked an awful lot about. It's actually a supplement I take myself every day. But anyway, yeah, any other supplementation for women that you feel is important besides D? Um, so vitamin D, as you're saying, so important for bone health as well. So, so women calcium can be important. So I think where that can be um, a need for supplementation of calcium is more somebody maybe who's dairy intolerant and is dairy free or someone who's vegan, then it's really, really important that they are finding alternative sources of calcium or supplementing with calcium. Um, another one I find that women um, can do quite well with, I think when you're talking about women prioritizing themselves a little bit, because we're all, I mean, everybody's so busy all the time, but magnesium is actually a really nice supplement as well. Um, it, it's really nice for if anybody's kind of getting cramps, it's nice and calming. It's great for female hormones. If somebody has any sleep issues, it can be nice to take in the evening to help to wind down and bring down stress levels. It's quite a, a calming um, nutrient that sometimes when I do test magnesium, I'd see that people can be on the lower end of the reference range with us. Um, so that can be a nice supplement, a nice calming one to take. And, and it's very good for 
Um, we have a gland called the adrenal glands that when we are in kind of busy mode all day that our adrenals are, are pumping out these hormones, stress hormones to keep us going, where magnesium can be used up by the adrenal gland. So it's quite nice for supporting our, our stress levels and helping to, to calm them down a little bit, let's say. So nice in the evening time to take some magnesium. Um, and then another one would be oily, um, a fish oil if somebody doesn't eat oily fish. So that's another wonderful food for, for females as well because it's fantastic brain food, fights against brain fog um, and helps to support memory and concentration. Really good for the hormones and bone health as well. Um, so which is therefore a really important consideration for women, particularly post-menopause. Um, so if anyone, a lot of people don't really like oily fish, you know, so that would be salmon, mackerel, sardines, um, trout, anchovies. Um, so taking an oily fish supplement would be something, or a fish oil supplement, a good quality one, could something could also be quite beneficial for somebody who's not eating fish. So the message today is the combination of those foods, the supplementation, getting good sleep, exercise, movement, etc. It can make a huge difference to the overall well-being. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about it. And I think when you look at, um, you know, the current situation with, with health in general, there's so much chronic illness and metabolic illnesses. Um, now I think probably nearly everybody would know somebody who's got type 2 diabetes, for example. And, and it's well known that diet and lifestyle play a part in this in, in preventing them, you know, but also in, in reversing them in small in some cases. So, yes, and I think it's, it's well researched now and, and well accepted that the importance of diet and lifestyle and also sleep, as you say, and movement and all of these factors in, in um, not only um, preventing disease and illness, but also keeping us feeling at our optimum health. So it's not just about preventing and, and just... Um, um, not being sick it's about feeling really well mm. as, for as long as we can you know <laughs> yeah very very important where can people check you out so my um, website is kirobogenutrition.com I'm based in Wicklow but I do virtual consultations also and I'd be on social media platforms as well Jerry. you are indeed thank you so much for joining me on this special day Thank you for having me. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care, Kira. Kira Boje there. Check her out on social media or her website. I always had my next guest in mind when it came to International Women's Day and I wanted to say hello to her again because she made a huge impact on me and I know many listeners when we spoke last. You see, her mum passed away in 2021, March, this time of year. And Lauren Deegan has three sisters and had to take the reins and take charge of the family. We had such an emotional chat last time and I just wanted to catch up her and see how things were. Lauren, welcome back to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks a million for having me again. I really appreciate it. Oh, not at all. Well, 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 this is a poignant month for you. Yeah, yeah, it's actually Mam's anniversary tomorrow, so it always falls just after International Women's Day, which is... um. I don't know, poignant, I suppose. Yeah, and she was only 53, just to remind listeners again, a young woman with yeah. uh, everything to live for, really. And again, I say, you had to step in. You being the oldest of the four girls, had to take the reins. I suppose on International Women's Day, when you, when you think about it, um, there were other women too, and I know you mentioned this to me the last time you were with me, uh, Patricia Farley in particular, but others in the GA club there in the community who were so good to you as well. Oh, like, it's, the list just 
goes on and on and on and you'd name you'd start naming people and then you'd give it an hour and you'd be like oh my god I never even mentioned you know Joan Denroad who does so much and you like there's just the list really like not just saying it the list really is unending and that's what women and the community of women are Lauren that's what they do great don't they absolutely like no no ask is too big nothing is too small you know any way that they can give a hand it's like no there must be something I can do and by God, they have done. I know that and you appreciate it deeply. And you said this to me before, and it's great to acknowledge them again today. What about you? You did say to me that you had to put aspects of your life on hold. How are you getting on? What's happening with you in your life? I'm chock-a-block up the walls. Um, <laughs> I have my thesis due in two weeks, and then I have a few more assignments due, and then I'm finished college, which will be just, I can't wait, just can't wait to be finished and graduated and be able to just fully have a full-time teaching degree you know kind of always instead of always teaching and having college at the same time mm. so you will be gladly welcomed into the teaching <laughs> community you know that because everybody wants teachers there's a huge shortage oh i know please god you know it's um i have applications going in now in the next month and t- month or two so it's just trying to find something local and english and history i suppose um it's hard to find teaching jobs for those two subjects but there's always somewhere. And the school I'm in now is incredible school. I love it. I really, really love it. Mm. So um, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm not going to think about it too much because, you know, there's always they're always looking for teachers. So I'll yeah. find somewhere. somewhere. Where, where are you at the moment? I'm in Cloche de Lacey in Ashburn. Lovely. Great school. Yeah, incredible school. Yeah, great school. I know of it. Yeah, it is a fantastic school there. So ideally for you in the Meath area is where you're looking for a, a role, a position. Yeah, yeah, hopefully now. That'll be my first choice. Um, or, you know, north side Dublin. Um, mm. I'm kind of just, you know, you have the emails coming in of jobs coming in. So I'm just putting in applications at the moment. Just saying a prayer. <laughs> Good on you. The, I'm sure that will uh, bear fruit sooner rather than later. Well, how are the gang getting on? Are they paying attention to you still, Sarah, Emma and Grace? Uh, yeah, you know what? In some words, yeah. They're all doing great. Um, Emma is just working away. She's actually, you know what, I have to say, she's a Trojan with the work and she's doing the football and then Grace is in fifth year so she's just trucking on, you know, fifth year is so heavy on um, to get most of the work covered in fifth year so she's just coming in, studying, trying to see her pals, trying to, you know, juggle everything, I suppose. Um, But yeah, you know what, the three of them are just doing absolutely great. And do do they, you know, understand that you're the boss? Um, boss is such a broad <laughs> word. <laughs> boss in the sense of uh, we need to do the shop and you need to do that, you know. In a way, but <laughs> but just somebody has to call the shots, and it just happens to be you. It's as simple as that. I'm being a bit facetious, saying boss. It's not like that at all. I know you. <laughs> no, you know what? The youngest rules the roost in every house, and our house is absolutely no different. So okay, so Grace is in charge, really, is. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be delighted to hear that. Oh no, I'll be absolutely murdered. Will you? <laughs> uh, but you know what? We all, the the jobs and everything else is done fairly and you know what? Like I said, same as every house, there's absolute killings over, well I entered that dishwasher the last time and this kind of thing. But you know what? If that's the biggest problem we have, mm. fine. Ah. That's fine. You know, can I Yeah. You've got on great, I have to say, uh, since uh, Mam passed on. It's our anniversary, as you mentioned, tomorrow. Are you, are you doing anything in particular for the day or what's happening? 
Um, my sisters are going down to my grandparents and they'll go down to um, the grave and they'll go for a little bite to eat and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm, I'm going to join them in the evening because I'm working tomorrow and then with the thesis due in two weeks, it's just, you know, the laptop is surgically attached to my hand. So I was like, I just need to keep, I just can't afford to give up a whole day with with uh, such a big assignment due. So I'm just going to go down in the evening. And I suppose once my nanny and granddad are happy, that's kind of the main thing because um, once Emmett and Grace go down, they'll be in good form. And it keeps their mind off it, that kind of way. Yeah. Whereas I kind of prefer to just be working and have a normal day and then I'll see them in the evening. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm sure she's somewhere looking down, thinking, and I'm sure she'd be so proud of you. Well, please God, hopefully. Looking yeah. out for a little rub and red breast everywhere. Ah, don't we all? Don't we all? And always do look out for that because there is something in the little bird. There's no doubt about that, that it's telling you something. I firmly believe that myself. Absolutely, and, yeah. you know, you'll see robins galore, I'm sure, over the next couple of days. You, you've coped, you've got on. What else could you do, Lauren? Yeah, you know what? That was the thing. You know, you could be... There was two routes we could have gone down and we just kind of had to put the head down and keep going and, you know, there was things that had a deadline and, like, we, we all had to go back to school, we all had to go back to college, we had to, someone had to change all the bills into mom's name, this kind of thing. So there was no point, I suppose, mope, not moping, but just kind of had to keep trucking on, I suppose. Mm. And you have so well. And on International Women's Day, I want to say to you, well done. You're fantastic. And to Sarah, Emma and Grace as well. Good on you all. Good on you all. Mam is so proud of you. I know that. And I wish you all well today and always and tomorrow especially. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. Not at all, Lauren. Lovely to catch up with you again. Take care of yourself. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a wonderful young woman on this International Women's Day. Now, Navin Racecourse is staging a big meeting this Saturday ahead of Cheltenham and they have a Cheltenham preview on with David Jennings, Barry Geraghty and Tony Keenan and, of course, top-class Irish racing too. Get your tickets online in advance at navinracecourse.ie. That's navinracecourse.ie for your tickets online ahead of the big meeting on Saturday. I have a lovely prize to give away today to one listener. It includes... Admission for two, burgers for two, ten shop, bed verger for two and race cards for two. And the question was this. Which famous Irish jockey has won the Cheltenham Gold Cup more than any other? It's an Irish jockey holds the record. Many and varied answers I got of current jockeys, jockeys from the past. But the answer I was looking for is Pataf, the famous Pataf. He won it four times. He holds the record. He won it on the Great Arkle in 64, 65 and 66 and again in Fort Leaney in 68. So that was Pat with the unique record still of four gold cups and today's prize goes to Paul Callan in Drogheda. Well done to you, Paul. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. Enjoy the race meeting in Navin on Saturday. Now, time for this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this week in 2004. And when I tell you this song was originally released in 1996 and was a big hit back then, yes, it went to number two in the UK charts. It's variously been described as a perennial classic. 
When it was re-released in 2004, and it was re-released simply because Peter Andre appeared in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and the Chris Moyle show on BBC was pushing it, pushing it all the way. And up the charts, it shot right to the top. But on this week, it was stuck at number three in the UK. It's Mr. Peter Andre and... On International Women's Day, Mysterious Girl. Appropriate indeed. Number three in my top five countdown this week, Peter Andre and Mysterious Girl on Your Late Lunch this International Women's Day Wednesday afternoon. I round off International Women's Day with a wonderful woman that we've spoken to on a number of occasions and she's really been impressive, I have to say. We talked to her about issues like respect for women, safety, etc. And she's back with me today to bring down the curtain on this special day. I'm delighted to say hello again to Banban Goulding. Hello. Happy International Women's Day. And the same to you too. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll ask you this just to round off proceedings today to begin. Is it important? Is this day important to you personally? It's so important personally. Um, I think it's become more important to me as the years have gone on. Um, and I'm loving the, how much it's being celebrated. And I think it's, you know, outstanding for younger girls and teenagers, people coming up now to have this more recognised and women's achievements, like such as um, earlier on when you were talking about Kay Kennedy, I'd never even heard of Kay Kennedy. How amazing for school children in Delique to be growing up um, hearing that story. Like it's such an inspiration. Um, like it's such a great role model and to, to recognize those now and you know for people to be able to um you know talk about it and be aware of it and you know consciously you know move on and try and um you know progress the situation we've been in and like globally with women so it's it's, it's amazing it's it's incredible to see the support everyone has for each other as well so it's 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 really, really important to me, yeah. Yeah, what an amazing story that Kay Kennedy is. And yeah. uh, I have to say, you're so right. You're so on the money there when you think of what that woman went through and achieved those years ago in really primitive times. It, it's amazing. But look, you, I mentioned there, we, we've talked to, to spoken to you on a number of occasions about respect and safety of women, which is a huge issue today and remains so have we progressed there? Do you feel there's more respect for women? Or do women feel safer? Has there any progress on those fronts, do you think? Um, I don't think women are ever going to feel safe. I think we've talked about it so many times. Um, the problem with um, violence with women is it's it's not just the cases we talked about before, you know, with Sarah Everhart and Ashling um, Murphy, you know, these outside kind of stranger attacks. I think there's a massive problem as well with untalked about domestic violence or violence with women, you know, in other circumstances of, you know, with with, with known people who are known to the women or the women are in relationships. So I think it's always going to be there. I think 
we're starting to realize that the problem isn't, you know, victim blaming these women for their behaviors, like such as what they were wearing or where they went. We learned that really the hard way with Ashley Murphy, who was out, you know, in the middle of the daytime going for a run. It, you know, it isn't about those things. It's about um, uh, toxic masculinity and talking to boys at a younger age, educating them to be allies and to speak up with women. Um, I think there's so many ways that young men can be educated. I know with my own son, I'm I'm so <laughs> on top of him with any kind of language that, I, you know, I, I think not that he comes out with it, but that if something else is said in front of him, mm. you know, I, I feel it's really important to point it out to him that, you know, to challenge it, you know, to call back if you hear like non-inclusive language or, you know, any kind of bad behaviours from other boys that, you know, he's aware that's not OK. And, and I don't want, you know, him carrying on that and thinking that is OK. And those behaviours um, really have to be um, like stomped down on, I think, at this point. You mentioned the word the word ally, and and yeah. it, it's a big word, and I know it's something you're passionate about too. You mentioned you know that boys being allies. What do you mean in a broader sense when you use the word ally? Ally for women. Yeah, so I think allyship for well, allyship I think can come over for many things for women, for gay rights, for you know um, black rights, for pride. But um, I think in this in this case, I think being an ally for women it's it's about believing women it's about supporting women and respecting them and speaking out when you see something that is wrong and um, i think there's lots of ways boys and men can you know be an ally um it's really really challenging um i think like i said calling out non-inclusive or bad behavior non-inclusive language or bad behavior i think talking to your friends like your women friends as a man and as a woman as well um, and seeing what kind of support they may need and what challenges they have because often men don't even realize some of the challenges that we have you know how you know in meetings maybe women are less quick to speak up or um you know that you know in, in certain ways um, I think other behaviours which are more online avoid sharing content that normalises violence or bad behaviour against women um, not sharing sexist content or hate speech like sexist content can be like what you might think is a funny meme mm. and people are forwarding this on WhatsApp generally like you know we need to do better I think generally everyone needs to do better um, and don't be a bystander in any kind of violence against women or any dehumanizing behavior against women like so stopping masculine toxic masculinity at its core is like basically that all boils down to that and being a safe space so being that person that a woman feels safe in front of that they can talk to and that you know they know is going to stand up for them you would think that, you know, with the change in attitude and all that's going on around this that you're talking about there, that, you know, for younger generations, they'd be clued into this and they'd understand this. And I include myself in this as an older generation where things were acceptable years ago that are not acceptable today. This where the bigger problem lies. Is that analysis correct or incorrect? Um, You know what? I think it was. Um, and I think it is to a great respect, but I think there's been a rise in toxic masculinity. There's a real rise again with behavior in young men in their 20s mm. who believe that like women are objects 
um, it's it's almost it's it's so toxic that you know what they believe it there you know that women should be you know supported by them. It's almost completely folded back again on us, hasn't it? You know th- this fast car. There's a certain man. I'm not even going to mention his name because I don't want to um, hmm. give someone even. I don't. I don't believe if these people are um, you know given airspace that you know that's how they'll be put to bed. But like a lot of young men look up to them, um, and I think. It's it's starting to be a problem again. I think at this point, it's it's our generation, my generation's, you know, duty to try and make sure these guys are educated and are doing a little bit better. I mean, you know, I think a great attitude would be: Would you like your daughter to be treated this way? Would you like your sister to be treated this way? Um, and and so that men are aware of their behaviour and how harmful it is and how it sets us back. I mean, we're really still not equal. Um, I think. I, I've been so fascinated when, when you had the um, the guest on earlier as well. And I know everyone's talking about this embracing equity, but like, you know, we can give us the say, I think it's so important to know that difference between the um, equality and equity. And I think we aren't on this. We never started on the same platform and even all different women never started on the same platform as men or as each other. And to be really conscious of that and, you know, helping and supporting and like the varied support we need um, that we need to be equal. Um, so I think, no, basically it's a short answer. Yes, I no, no. I, yeah, I hear, we all hear what you're saying and I understand that as well. And I don't want to give air time to anybody like that either, but there's a gentleman in custody in a certain European country yeah. that, uh, you know, that I'd be really worried about to hear that uh, yeah. there's a younger male following for that type of behaviour or ethos as well. And it's something we don't yeah. like. But look, to finish on, on, on an upbeat note today with you, because yeah. you're a very positive woman, you're very outgoing, you're very independent you know you're well switched in as well life for women you know you know there are there are issues of course there are issues but we don't want to paint an entirely bleak picture no I don't think so I think what I'd like to say actually on a really positive note is I think what everybody can do being an ally both women and men allyship is believing supporting respecting and speaking out and I saw an amazing quote today that I absolutely loved and it's um, from Serena Williams, and I'd love to share it. It's every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. And I think that goes from men and women. And I think everybody, you know, it, it, there's something in there for everybody. Just, you know, supporting each other and being an ally is is so important. It certainly is. And I'm going to leave it with that lovely quote today and that thought and on a very positive note. Always love chatting to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today on this very, very special day. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Banwan Goulding there. Wonderful, wonderful woman. And I want to finish today by saying thank you to a very special woman on late lunch. And she's in the other studio. Yes, Louise Walsh, my producer. You mightn't have heard much from her today, but she's there keeping the show on the road, flying the plane as well as she does day. every I did day. <laughs> no, you I'm didn't. Here no, you nothing. didn't. It was great. And thank you for the lovely present, I have to say. Not at all. Very thoughtful. I just wanted to say to you (laughs) which she's keeping I told her to bring it home or enjoy it keep it until the end of Lent and then you can can share it over a cup of tea you're very kind to do that in return anyway I wanted to acknowledge you today and thank you for all you do for me on this wonderful show and I say it every week I couldn't do it without you and I want to just finish the show today by saying that to you thank you 
Thank you. Shucks. Anyway, that's our lot on Late Lunch today. Back tomorrow, Thursday from 1.30. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Women everywhere, have a wonderful evening. Enjoy yourselves and celebrate this wonderful day. It should always, always be marked and celebrated. See you tomorrow. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.